We've had some interesting news in Richmond in recent days. Richmonder now is on the presidential ballot. That gives joy and pride to our city, regardless of how you might vote. But we have other lingering issues that continue to haunt us. By now, all of us are familiar with these phrases. Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Clearly, we have big problems in our society. Those of African descent have legitimate concerns and they have daily worries about equal treatment by police. They have equal concern and daily worries about the fairness of justice in our country, and they have continuing barriers that confront them. As much as and as often as we want to say we are one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all, a pledge of allegiance, increasing evidence indicates that this is not so. Recent best-selling books by both white authors and black authors um, elaborate on the growing divisions and injustice. Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me, which I felt compelled to read this past week, is a stern message of an African-American father writing to his son about the realities of growing up in America. Coates argues that ours is a nation so shaped by the issues of race, through slavery and segregation, through mass incarceration of black men, through excessive murder rates among the black population. As much as we may want to deny it, as much as we want to celebrate and rejoice in freedom and justice for all, ours is a heritage of exploiting and destroying black bodies. We, as a nation, Coates argues, have to deal with this bleak situation in order to forge a more hopeful future. Jim Wallace's recent book, America's Original Sin, with the subtitle, Racism, White Privilege, and the Bridge to a New America, challenges white America, actually challenges the faith community to come to grips with the issues of white privilege. Most of us in the white community are so shaped by white privilege that we don't even know how extensive it is, and we don't certainly appreciate how problematic it is. This is part of America's original sin, Wallace argues, and we have to come to grips with that as well. As wonderful as America is, as much as we love our country, we have big problems. These problems continue in the forefront of American life with more incidents between blacks and police. Violence, the lowest form of communication, seems to become the prevailing way. We continue to learn about and we see videos of blacks being harassed and killed by police. And then in recent weeks we have had 
retaliation from black individuals who have targeted police officers in the midst of a peaceful demonstration in Dallas or in the midst of regular police work in Baton Rouge, police officers have been murdered. Too much violence, too much animosity. To say black lives matter is to affirm that America has deep problems and we need to pay special attention to the lives of black Americans. We need to see this as a calling by Jesus to love one another. We need to strive as the prophets call us to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly. Too many blacks are teaching us that life is just not fair. Too many blacks are teaching us that they're dying in the streets. They are. Too many blacks are being murdered and incarcerated. Too many blacks are filled with hopelessness. I think God is calling forth our faithful lives as disciples. To say that blue lives matter is to affirm that police are being targeted. Police are under extra suspicion. Police need our special care. And they do. Because they're underpaid. They're underappreciated. And, friends, they are the ones who are so often thrust into the middle of these complex and dangerous situations when our culture is so much on edge. I think God is calling forth our compassion, our energy, our hearts to stand up, to speak up against violence and injustice and the deterioration of our culture. These issues have had my head spinning in recent weeks. These issues have had my heart aching in recent weeks. And a particular word keeps coming to mind. Tumult. So tumult is the word of the week for our sermon series. This word tumult is a noun. It's a word that I don't speak very often. Tumult means disorderly agitation. It means an uproar. Tumult means a turbulent uprising, a violent agitation of mind and feelings. The violence, the animosity in our nation create a tumult. We might be more familiar with the adjective of this word, tumultuous. Life can get tumultuous. But the noun has been the word pushing on my mind and my heart. And then I realized why tumult became the word for this agitation, this fear, this concern, this heartache in our culture. Psalm 46. Tumult, the noun, is a word in Psalm 46. Listen to Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth should change. Though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam. Though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. 
The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I'm exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of the Lord. So think about this. For ancient people, for ancient people, the most frightening things in life would be the idea of the earth changing. The most frightening things in life would be the mountains shaking in the heart of the sea, the waters roaring and foaming, and the mountains trembling in tumult. Just imagine if we didn't know about earthquakes, that they happen because the plates shift in the earth. You know, they're scary enough, but less scary when we know why they happen and what they are, just imagine watching the earth change like a massive summer storm emerging on a summer evening and wreaking havoc and felling trees and creating fear. We know about weather patterns. We even have warnings about them. We can predict them. But for ancient people, the earth changing, the mountains shaking, that would create tremendous tumult. Turbulent, violent, Frightening agitation. And what's the affirmation of the ancient psalm? We look to God. We look to God in those times. Now we think about looking to God in these times of tumult. That looking to God might be full of lament. Lament has always been one way of approaching God. We have much to lament in these days. Listen to these words from another psalm. Long enough, God. You ignored me long enough. I have looked at the back of your head long enough. Long enough I've carried this ton of trouble. Lived in a stomach full of pain. Long enough my arrogant enemies have looked down their noses at me. That's from Psalm 13, a psalm of lament. The violence, the divisions of our culture make this an appropriate season for lament. Or in the words of another psalm, we look to God with questions. How long, God? How long? How long do we have to wait? How long do we have to deal with this violence and heartache, this injustice, this oppression? These are legitimate feelings for these days. They could easily emerge from each of our hearts. Where are you, God? When are you going to come and make things right? Or we might look to God for guidance or clarity. We often need guidance and clarity for what we're dealing with. Or we look to God for hope. Give us some hope in the midst of our despair, the mess of the world. All those are possible. But look at Psalm 46. These powerful and important words of faith. 
God is our refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The psalm is a psalm of fortitude. It's about rooting life in God. Especially in the mess. Especially with questions. Especially with heartache. Especially in the tumult. This is a clear affirmation. We seek to anchor our life in God's life. God is the sinner. God's presence guarantees that all will be well. Even if the earth shakes. Even if the mountains tremble. Even if the waters roar and foam. Even if the nations are in an uproar, 46 says. Even if there's fighting and unrest all around us, 46 says. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the refrain of the psalm likely repeated by the congregation. God is our refuge and strength. A present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Say this with me. God is our refuge and strength. A present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. This is what faithful people say. This is what faithful people say. In the face of natural threats. In the face of personal crisis. In the face of particular situations that come our way. In the face of cultural dynamics that seem overwhelming, this is what faithful people say, especially in the tumult. The promise is clear. God is present. God is at work. Our faith, our hope, our life are in God. Not in the tumult. Not in the agitation. Not in the unrest. Not in the uncertainty. Not in the fear. Our faith, our life, our hope, are in God. Anne Lamott remains one of my favorite writers. You might have seen her post this week on Facebook. This is what she says. Life has always been this scary. We've always been as vulnerable as kittens. Plagues and Visigoths, snakes and schizophrenia. Cain is still killing Abel. And nature means that everyone dies. I hate this. It's too horrible for words. And then, in recent weeks, she continues. Orlando. Police shooting innocent people. Innocent police officers being shot. And now Nice. And whatever else happens. How on earth do we respond? When we are stunned and scared and overwhelmed, she asked, to the point of almost disbelieving. I wish, I wish there was an 800 number we could call to find out so I could pass this along to my worried Sunday school kids. But no. No. But Psalm 46 comes to us. A gift from a great tradition. Great words. God is our refuge and strength. A present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. This is just what Jesus is wanting to teach us, his disciples, as he calmed the waves and still the storm on the lake. The storms come, the waves are real, the fear is part of life, but we seek to root our lives in God's life. We see, we know too much, too well about tumult, all of us do. 
but we affirm God. God is God. We will not fear. Michael Linval is the pastor of the Brick Presbyterian Church in New York City, and he, remi- he likes to remind his congregation that the very act of coming into worship every week is a practice where we say we are not God. The very act of walking into the sanctuary and praying and singing and affirming faith and listening to scripture is the very practice of recognizing I'm not God, you're not God. We worship God and God holds us. In so much of life, we function as if we're God. We want our plans to go this way. Life is supposed to happen like this. It can be managed and enjoyed and lived to the fullest. And we think like that because it's basically all about us. But we need the weekly practice that we are not God. God is God. And Psalm 46 wants to frame that kind of mindset. Frame our hearts. Frame our lives. That Psalm wants us to get it right. God is our help and strength. A present help in trouble, we will not fear. God is God. We find life as we trust God. So in the midst of the tumult, we strive to deepen our trust and deepen our connections to God. God is in the midst. God will not let us go. God is active. God is at work. The Lord of hosts is with us. Then we also find life as we seek to serve God. As we seek to serve God. Here's what Anne Lamott also says. I wish we had an 800 number to call for answers, but no. Yet in the meantime, she says, I know that we must respond. We must respond with a show of force equal to the violence and the tragedies. With love force. Mercy force. Unnegotiated compassion force. Crazy caregiving to the poor and to the suffering, including ourselves. What is true is that the world has always been this way and people have always been this way and grace always bats last. That's a great line. Grace always bats last, she says. It just does. And finally, when all is said and done and the dust settled, which it does, love is sovereign. Sounds like Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. When we know the presence and the promises of God's abiding care, we also know what to do. We join the struggle. We get engaged. We join the struggle. I love how our affirmation of faith puts it, and we're going to read it together in just a moment, but this is what our affirmation of faith says. We know our efforts cannot bring about God's kingdom. But hope plunges us into the struggle for victories over evil that are possible now in the world and in the church and in our individual lives. Hope gives us courage and hope gives us energy to contend against all opposition. That's all opposition, however invincible it may seem, for the new world and the new humanity are surely coming because Jesus is Lord. God is our refuge and strength, the present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. We keep striving to love God and love God's people by loving and serving in the world. What if, 
What if we each seek to embody the idea that black lives matter? You, me, all of us, and all people. What if we keep working on our fears and working on our segregated lives and we strive to see all people, especially our African-American sisters and brothers, as fellow children of God, and we open our hearts and modify our ways and reach out and build bridges to a new America. What can we do to be part of the solution? Each of us. Hope plunges us into the struggle. What can you do? What small and large acts can you do to move the culture, move our city, move our world closer toward justice and hope for everyone. How can you reach out? Who can you connect with to promote the reign of God? What if we each, individually and together, seek to embody the idea that blue lives matter? When you see a police officer, tell her thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for showing up for work that day. Thank you for all you're doing to serve and protect in these difficult times. What if you bought him or her a cup of coffee or maybe offered to buy lunch if you see him at a lunch place? What if we let them know we care? What if we let them know we're so grateful for the good ways they love and protect? They just want to get home from work that day. We can be part of the solution. We can build bridges to a new America. Hope plunges us into the struggle. Our God, our refuge and strength plunges us into the struggle. God is our refuge and strength, a present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. And God calls us to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly every day. Then we will experience the coming reign of God. May God show us that way and bless us and sustain us on that way. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O oh God, help our unbelief. And may our actions, our very lives, be about loving and serving and giving life following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.